Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here today to break down the Los Angeles Rams traveling to the East Coast to play the New York football Giants. Chris, the Rams are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, meeting a Giants team that, you know, they started to cook a little bit, right? Like it was sitting on the stove. There was some meat on the stove. It started to simmer and then all the power went out. The electricity stopped, the stove stopped. And now it seems like we're just waiting to turn the page to the 2024 season. So Chris, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Had a good holiday, good Christmas, you know, except for that Eagles game. Yeah, right. uh, that was that that was that whole game was a trip uh we were a little behind the scenes we were on standby to go live just in case the giants won and i had everything all set to go and then they didn't so yeah that was that was a little bit of a roller coaster but other than that good weekend ready for giants versus rams and it's funny man the rams right now they beat the Saints, who took care of business against the Giants, 30-22 to 22 on Thursday night football. They haven't played since then. So they're kind of on one of those extended buys. They beat up on the Commanders. They lost to the Ravens, but then they beat the crap out of the Browns, beat the crap out of the Cardinals, and defeated the Seahawks. So they've won five out of their last six games, the Los Angeles Rams. If you look at their injury report, Joe Noteboom is on it, and he might play. And he's still like their swing offensive lineman at this point with Alaric Jackson, former Iowa Hawkeye, playing good football at left tackle, and Rob Havenstein holding down the right tackle spot. And then other than that, I think it's just Tredavious Hodges, Hodges Tomlinson who is on their injury report with a hamstring issue. It doesn't look like he's going to play. He is a rookie cornerback nickelback smaller type of guy really feisty individual fits in well with that defense but this is a healthy team who's playing very well right now against a giants team who i think won't roll over and die with tyrod taylor at quarterback i think the giants will likely show some life but this is not a great situation if you're hoping the giants are going to win this football game yeah and the giants themselves they have a lengthy injury report uh dexter lawrence still dealing with that hamstring injury uh Tay Banks, he is he got a little beat up during that game with the Eagles. The the Giants had a lot of guys not participate or be limited in that first practice of the week. So it will be interested to see just who takes the field for the Giants because they in the process of losing that game against the Eagles, they were eliminated from the playoffs. So right now the only thing they have to play for is pride. And I do kind of wonder if if Brian Dayball will play some of these guys who figure to be long-term core pieces, if they are beat up, or if he will just say, 
if there's a question about them, rest them. We'll take a look at the guys behind them in the depth chart. Yeah, that's something I think we do need to take a look at because last year the Giants clinched a playoff a playoff berth and rested everybody. That was you know that was when we saw uh, Davis Webb out there almost beating the Eagles in Week 18. So it, it there could be quite a few moving parts with this team. But, man, the, even if the Giants were full strength, they would have their hands full with, with the Rams right now because they're rounding into form. Davis Webb playing for the New York Giants, starting for the New York Giants, a.k.a. Chris's second Christmas. That's what that was for everybody because Chris Flum <laughs> is a huge Davis Webb <laughs> fan. And I'm not even being sarcastic right now. Chris has been raving about Davis Webb since the Giants drafted him back in, what was that, 2017. But it was nice. It was it was a nice thing to see last season. And I think you bring up an excellent point, Chris. Will we see some of these beat up starters rest because the Giants are now theoretically out of it? I think Brian Dable wants to win these games desperately. You saw how frustrated he was after this Eagles loss. He is not the type of guy who's going to mail it in. I think he's the type of guy who's going to want to finish strong. But the caveat to that is if you are dealing with something that could be further injured by playing football. I would not be shocked to see those guys rest. And that includes Dexter Lawrence, maybe Tay Banks, maybe Darren Waller, right? He was limited, I think, participant in practice. I imagine he's going to play, but it's it's a little bit difficult to tell right now. And I think we'll learn a lot come Saturday night when we start hearing about who might play when Adam Schefter drops. Is there a name for that right now, Chris? The Shefty bomb that comes out every Saturday night? I, I don't know, but the, we... We really should come up with a name or, name for it, or at least ESPN's marketing people should come up with a name for it. Sounds like a job for them. Sounds like a job for them. But yes, dude, this is a this is a tough matchup against a, against that Rams team that's hot, man. And I think the return of Kyron Williams and the addition of Puka Nakua, who has just been a revelation in argument for offensive rookie of the year, he's been that good to this offense has completely changed the narrative around Sean McVay and this Rams team who. Not long ago, they won a Super Bowl, but last year it was depressing. It was like, oh, is Matt Stafford going to retire? Is Sean McVay going to go into the booth and be an analyst? All of those rumors, I think there was some weight to all of them. But this year, Puka Nakua rises. Cooper Cup has been injured much of this season. You have Kyron Williams playing elite-level football, and you see this version of Sean McVay's offense that doesn't really have a ceiling because Matt Stafford, to me, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the National Football League and has been that way for the last decade. And Sean McVay is such a good signal caller. So as long or such a good play caller, so as long as you have that running back, Chris, and a second wide receiver weapon behind Cooper Cup, like they used to have with Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, this thing is dangerous. What are your thoughts on this offense? Yeah, when the Sean McVay offense is right, when he has the pieces to run it the way it's supposed to be run, it is incredibly difficult to stop. And it's difficult to stop because of the types of players that he likes, that he uses well, that he puts in, into position to succeed, and also because of Sean McVay himself. You know, we, we've talked about the Rams offense a few times, but not recently yet. McVay's offense is built around 11 personnel. They tend to run 11 personnel more than anybody in the league, or at least within, you know, top five, maybe top 10 in a bad year. But, and they also play around with a lot of spacing. They love wide formations, but they do that 
to force the defense into lighter boxes, into lighter personnel groupings so they can run the ball. And that's where Kyron William comes in because he is undersized, but he is an incredibly quick slashing runner. He can get upfield in a hurry. And when you give a guy like that a light box, when you give him space to work with, that takes pressure off of the entire rest of the offense. Then you can use Matt Stafford with, like you talk about, he is, I don't think his arm has ever been underrated, even going back to college, back when he was, I believe it was Georgia. But as a quarterback, as a signal caller, as a offensive mind, field general, Stafford is very, very smart. And he is also a very resilient quarterback, not in terms of his injury history, that's pretty extensive, but he is, he kind of has some Eli clutch gene about him. You know, for a while he took over from Eli as kind of the most clutch quarterback in the NFL. So you've got a smart, strong armed quarterback who doesn't really feel pressure the way most other people do. And then you've got those two fantastic route runners with great hands in Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. And then you've got Kyron Williams just keeping it all on schedule. And they're able to play very fast and very loose. And then you get Sean McVay just calling plays with a purpose. He is fantastic at sequencing his offense. Absolutely. I think I, I was just about to come in and say that, bro. The sequencing in this offensive system to take advantage of what the defense is trying to do to eliminate what the offense showed in previous drives is great, man. It's so prompt. It's, it's always, it's always, I don't want to say it's always successful, but relative to other coaches in the league, Sean McVay does it better than just about anybody, right? Like this, again, you brought this up, man. This team is an 11 personnel, like 93% of the time, like an insane amount of time. And right now they have two wide receivers that they seemingly really trust as that third wide receiver and two, two Atwell. And now this rise of Demarcus Robinson, who has four touchdowns in the last four games. I think he only has like 20 catches on the season, but he's been playing really well when two, two Atwell was injured. And then you even have guys like Ben Skaronic, who we've seen step in and, and be vital to the blocking aspect of this rushing attack. So that's the one thing about this Sean McVay offense is yes, they are 11 personnel, a lot of people think 11 personnel, they think West Coast offense, they think they think of um, a lot of quick passing, uh, a lot of quick passing kind of a concepts and things of that nature. And of course, they have that. But this team blocks wildly well out of 11 because Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup and whoever they have out there, that third wide receiver, they block their ass off. And then you combine that with Tyler Higby, who is their tight end. And now you see the rise of Davis Allen, who isn't necessarily the best blocker, but he's been effective as a receiving weapon when Higby has been injured and you just look at the offense in its totality and what they can do running passing and then disguising the run and the pass it's really um it can really fool opposing defenses and it's one thing that I'm a little bit I'm a little bit scared of with Wink's defense this week Wink Martindale love him as a defensive coordinator but I think that this matchup could uh it could it, it might be a little bit much for him depending on a couple things though Chris and this is what I want to bring up and I've been talking for a little bit I always say this, and it might not mean anything, but this is a West Coast warm weather team traveling for an East Coast late December one o'clock start. Maybe that's something the Giants can leverage. Yeah, I, I think that is something 
to keep aware of. That's something we really always need to keep aware of when the AFC East play. Basically, a, a West Coast team travels to the East Coast. It's it's much more difficult to go against the clock than it is to go with the clock to travel from from West to East. Now, the fact that the Rams have that mini bye week, yeah, that could help them. That should help them out. If I were them, I would have traveled early and let the players kind of get acclimated to the time change ahead of time. So you're not, not pushing on them, you know, but I sitting here, I don't know what their travel plans have been. Yeah. I, I think the giants could theoretically match up well against the Rams offense, just because of the, the types of corners the Giants have, the pressure packages they use. However, I also think Sean McVay is the type of type of play caller to use that against your defensive coordinator in the chess match and just bait the Giants into being aggressive and just throw the ball over their heads, which is something we've seen bite the Giants a few times this year. You know, this kind of new West Coast offense with between McVay and Kyle Shanahan and also Mike McDaniel, who comes from that same school of thought, is it, it's been very difficult for the Giants to counter. It's been difficult for the Giants to counter. And I'm I'm interested to see how Wink handles the the blitzing against a quarterback like Stafford, who is typically pretty good against the blitz, seen a lot, played a lot of football. We saw last week with Wink Martindale a very creative and that doesn't mean necessarily good, but a very creative attempt to slow down Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And frankly, the Eagles offense, it looks out of sorts. It's looked out of sorts for a while, but the, <laughs> the attempt didn't necessarily slow down what the Eagles can do from a rushing standpoint. Even though they only rushed for 173 yards, they were getting like 4.9 per clip. And anytime only. they needed a big run, the Giants couldn't stop it. Yeah, no, right? Only for yeah, – it's – that that team is very hard to defend against, and I just feel like the Giants have not done a great job defending them, like some no. of the other teams have around the NFL. Yeah, that 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 is certainly true. But they'll get a second crack at it, you know, in just just another week after this. But right now, they do have to worry about the Rams and defending the Rams, which you know we we've gone into into that. But flipping the script over, the Rams' defense is. I think it was expected to be one of the worst, if not the worst in the league, but they really kind of haven't been that. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You have Aaron Donald, who is still quietly, and I say quietly, he's just absolutely dominating, but you don't hear his name as much as maybe you did a couple of years ago. He's having a phenomenal season once again. And right next to him is Kobe Turner, who was a third round pick by the Rams. And he is having a really good year, especially in the latter half of the year. I, I watched a couple of Rams games and I kept hearing his name, number 91, be called. And I'm like, man, he's the, one of the primary beneficiaries of Aaron Donald, number 99, who dictates so much from a protection standpoint. And now all you need is competent players around him. You're getting solid play 
from Kobe Turner. And if you look up and down this roster, Chris, and this is where I find it fascinating, doesn't necessarily have the these these um superstar level names behind Aaron Donald, right? Like who is the the biggest name that the name that has the most gravitas on this roster on the defensive side that is not Aaron Donald, who is currently playing right now? Yeah, I honestly couldn't answer that question. I mean, you know, maybe Akello Witherspoon, just because like that that's an he that's a name we've heard before and he does currently lead the team in interceptions, but yeah, it's it's kind of a no name defense outside of Aaron Donald, although I do suspect that Byron Young, the rookie out of Tennessee, is not going to be a be an under the radar player for very long. Yeah, Byron Young, I remember you loved him coming out of school. We talked about him a lot during the pre-draft I process. I, I think the two safeties they have are quality players too. Jordan Fuller, who was a kid who was at Ohio State, Certainly. I think, a couple of years ago. And then John Johnson, who used to be with the Cleveland Browns, who came over to the Rams. He's another really quality asset uh from the, on the back end. But I'm wondering how the Giants offense, and I'm actually somewhat excited about the Giants offense because, again, this is a good defense. They, they play like a unit. I think it's probably the best way to to uh, summarize the defense. They play as one whole unit. And it's not a bunch of individuals who are out there. But I think Tyrod, guy has a penchant to throw it deep, man. And I think if you get middle of the field close one-on-one matchups, Tyrod is going to target Jalen Hyde. He's going to target Darren Waller. Darren Waller specifically, if he is healthy and right to play in this game, this Rams defense, they're like 28th in the league right now against tight end yardage. So they allow they allow big games to tight ends. They have allowed big games to tight ends. I think that might be one way, other than just the rushing attack with Saquon Barkley, that the Giants can look to effectively move the football. Yeah, I I, th- I think they're going to have to. And I think I think Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley, and Wandale Robinson could be key pieces to the Giants passing offense this week because Tyrod is, like you said, he has a penchant to throw deep. He has a pretty good feel for the pocket. He's got a lot of the a lot of the traits to be a, a quality backup quarterback to keep the offense functioning relatively smoothly. You know, in case something bad happens, which has been a weekly occurrence for the Giants this year. But then Aaron Donald is he ain't quite what he used to be, but he is still Aaron Donald out there. He still leads the NFL in pass rush win rate in the defensive interior. And it's not like he's not being double teamed out there. Yeah. He's, he wins on 20%, one out of every five of his pass rush reps, he's winning and he's still being double teamed two thirds of the time, despite having a good nose tackle, like you were pointing out before next to him. So when you get pressure right up the middle and, the the interior of the Giants offensive line can be suspect. That means you either have to throw the ball fast or your offense is just going to be wrecked. And, and that's, I think, what this game is going to come down to. Can the Giants at least slow down Aaron Donald long enough for Tyrod to operate the offense, get the ball downfield? The, the Rams do give up they have a very high average depth of target. I think it's it's almost 10 yards downfield. So can Tyra get the ball to Darius? 
to Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, Chris, overall, the Rams defense, they, they allow 22.1 points per game. That ranks 19th in the NFL just because, look, it's the end of the season. Let's have some fun. Giants are 27th in the NFL. They allow 24.7 points. And then from yardage, the Rams have allowed the 18th most points per game with a 337 yards allowed average. The Giants are 363. They rank 28th, just to reference the two together. But the Rams last three weeks have allowed 361. So that's more comparable to the Giants on the entire season. I think the Giants can move the football against the Rams, especially with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. I think you're going to see a, a more just, you know, you're going to see a, a savvy veteran back there instead of an undrafted rookie who was a fun story. So I'm not, I, I don't think the Giants are going to roll over on the offensive side of the football. I think the Giants could score some points on this Rams team, and maybe it will be a better game than we expect. I think it's either going to go that way or the Giants get absolutely just the break speed off of them. It's going to be one of those two scenarios. Yeah, I I think that could well be what happens. You know, Over the last two years, I think we've really seen two different outcomes for the Giants. Either they are able to take advantage of opponent mistakes, opponent miscues, and force the game into the fourth quarter. Stay competitive, play tough, all of that, all of those things we've seen when the Giants have won. Or the other team plays a plays a clean game, they get an early lead on the Giants, and the Giants just can't keep up. They make their own mistakes, they start pressing too hard, and it just gets away from them. And I, I think those are kind of the two paths this this game could take. If the Giants are able to slow down the Rams offense early on, not let the first two quarters get away from them, not get not go down, you know, twenty to three, twenty-four to three, and have the Rams maybe show some jet lag, make some mistakes, uh, have some fortuitous turnovers, maybe a special teams turnover, or Matt Stafford inexplicably hurl the ball into triple coverage. I think that would be uh, fantastic <laughs> for the Giants and kind of key to them keeping this game close and showing that fight and pulling out the win late. Chris, anything else before we get out of here, buddy? No, just, yeah, everyone have a, have a happy new year. <laughs> yes. Happy new year to everyone. Let's see if the giants can get one last win or maybe they'll get, get that in week 18. We'll have to see, but thank you so much for joining the Chris and Nick show to preview this game by the New York giants against the Rams. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can check out all of our written content. Thank you, everybody. Take care of each other. Happy new year. Be safe and have a lovely day.